Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome. How are you doing? I am so excited to be with you. I cannot believe that Thanksgiving, for those of you that are listening and live in the United States, that Thanksgiving is next Thursday. So I wanted to come on here and talk about how to make our Thanksgiving and our holiday season meaningful and fun and how to simplify and how to deal with family, right? Because we can we can have so much fun during the holidays, right? And the reality is that sometimes we're with family members and it can be challenging and there can be dysfunction in our families. And how do we deal with all the different personalities coming together? If you're going to be with a lot of family, how can we uh, navigate being with our tweens and teens and making that fun and meaningful to them. I have some gifts for you today. If you listen to the end, I'm going to tell you how to access them and how to use them to create more gratitude in your family. And also, I have something for you to help you simplify and stay organized because I don't know about you, but for me during the holidays, I, I just have one of those ADD brains and I can be all over the place. And so I made, I made this gift for you and for myself so that we can simplify it. And we have, um, I'll just give you a sneak peek. It's a holiday planner. Some of you have already gotten it, but it's, it's my daughter and I came up with it and I just love it. It's really helped me. And there's even great gift ideas in there if you're at a loss as what to get your kids. Um, So I want to dive in and I want to talk about some of those things that we do that keep us stuck in the holidays and cause anxiety. I'm already feeling it. I have all my family coming in. I have my sons coming in with his wife. My daughter's coming home from college, my other daughter's coming, my father-in-law's coming, my sister-in-law and her boyfriend are coming and, and nephews. And I'm so excited. And I need to, you know, I need to dial down 
anxiety. So everything that I'm going to share today with you are things that I continue to work on in my own life and things that I have found that really help me. Some of you are dealing with loss this Thanksgiving, and some of you might not even be getting together with your family. And I just want to acknowledge that it's hard when we lose a loved one and the holidays can be really difficult. And I just want to acknowledge that. And I want to say it's important that we allow ourselves to grieve. It's important for us to think about how we can celebrate their life, what that might look like, rather than having it be the elephant in the room. What are some things that we can do to remember this loved one? Um, And maybe you can even think about sharing some of your Um, your gratitude and what you were thankful for that person and the difference that they made in your life. So just thinking about how you can honor yourself with, with the grief that you may be experiencing. Also, we get together with family and sometimes it's not what we wish it would be. And we're difficult. We're dealing with those difficult personalities. So I want to address that today as well. So can't believe it's next week. And I just want to say, I was talking to a mom and I said to her, you know, I was asking her about Thanksgiving and I was talking about stress and how she was feeling and, and what she did to enjoy her Thanksgiving. And she said, I just get through it. And maybe, maybe you're not feeling that level of kind of like, you know, dread, I want to say in a way she was dreading it. So maybe you're, you're feeling a lot of different feelings around uh, Thanksgiving and the holidays coming. Maybe you're feeling excited. Maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious with your to-do list. Maybe you're trying to navigate some things with family members and who's coming and who's not. And you're dealing with the sister-in-law that you have a difficult relationship or with your brother or your sibling or your parent, right? And so navigating all of these things can be a challenge. But one of the biggest challenges that I find working with moms is that nine times out of 10 moms share with me that while they love the holidays and they enjoy them, that they also find themselves feeling stressed, exhausted, and resentful. So who's feeling like that right now? You're already thinking about it. Maybe you're feeling stressed, somewhat overwhelmed, and you're like, yeah, a lot of times I can feel resentful because I'm doing it. I feel like I'm doing it all. And so how do we create a vision for what we want this holiday season to look like where it can be the most joyful and meaningful holiday that we have ever had. And I believe that that is possible, that we can create it, no matter what the difficulties and challenges are that you're experiencing right now, that we can make this Thanksgiving, this Christmas season, very meaningful. So here are a few things that I want to share. So here are six ways that I have learned and that I practice and that I also help other moms to cultivate and think about during this season. So here's six to make it fun, meaningful, 
and less stressful and less resentful, where you're going to actually feel like a lot of burdens are lifted off your shoulders. So number one, slow down and simplify. And remember, I'm saying this to myself too. I have to remember giving myself permission that it does not have to be perfect. I am finding that just by having a couple over, rather than even going to dinner and making chili. I just made chili and had friends over. I made a chicken pot pie and we just sat on the couch that that was so meaningful rather than feeling like I had to have this big meal prepared and I had to do all this, you know, preparation and everything had to be perfect. And the connection that we had was so meaningful with this couple. And with these, these two different couples that we had on, um, had over on two different occasions. And I thought part of that was because I came into that not putting so much pressure on myself and realizing, reminding myself, coaching myself through it, that you know what? People just want to be together. And I have to say, when I go to a friend's house, I have a very close friend. She has five kids. And I go over there. And she's a wonderful cook. And she has, she's so hospitable and generous. And she's got the home where everybody wants to be there. And it is not, it's a clean home, but it is not picked up. There is stuff everywhere. I mean, with five kids, right? There's stuff everywhere. And I love being there. Why? Because I feel so much better. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I can relax here. You know, I can relax. Everybody kind of just lets it hang out. Everybody hangs around the table and shares food and talks. And you don't feel like you have to like perform or put on, you can just come in and be, you don't have to, you know, have, have it all figured out and all together there. I just feel so warm when I go to her home and I'm like, yes, this is how I want to be. I want to be more like this. And um, also to ask people like on Thanksgiving, Christmas, ask people to bring stuff. Like you do not have to do it all. Ask people, maybe some of you do this and you found it so helpful. So have people bring their favorite dishes. Um, Give your mother-in-law, if you have a mother-in-law or a family member, give them jobs to do. Sometimes we don't think about um, asking people for help, which is actually going to be, I think, my third or fourth point. And so I'll talk a little bit more about that. But giving people, especially if you sometimes, you know, find them difficult, give them a job to do. And it's amazing how that can make us feel more grateful for that person, giving them that job to do and having them help us. When I go to a social, something social, I'm actually more of an introvert. And I find if I go into a big group of people, a lot of people know each other, I, I struggle with that. It's uncomfortable for me. And I have to host myself when I go into those situations. And one way that I found is sets me up for success is to have a job to do. Because if I hand out name tags or I'm greeting, then I have that job to do that, that forces me to connect with people and to be helpful. So that is just something that I have found um, 
really helps me to host myself. And so thinking about what that looks like for you and also that helps other people if they're asked to help. We often think, oh, I don't want to burden them. But having giving them a job to do makes them feel special as well. And also go out to dinner the night before if you can or order pizza, you know, before Thanksgiving or be before Christmas if you're having Christmas or just like think about ways that you can simplify and then just take time every day to be in the craziness. I have to slow down, go for a walk. I do my little mindfulness. I, in the morning I get up, I have my quiet time and I pray and I journal. If I don't do that, it just sets a tone to my day. I can tell when I have not done that. And that might look different for you, but thinking about what do you need to lay, you know, lay that foundation for your day. So like Thanksgiving day, to go for a walk with my husband before everybody gets up, that for me will feel really good. And then we can get connected in the morning before everything, you know, everybody wakes up and it gets crazy town because then I feel like I'm like a chicken with my head cut off. And I don't know if that resonates with you, but with my brain, it's like, I need that grounding time in the morning and those things to do that make me really feel good. Number two, identify areas of possible breakdown. Now I have moms do this little exercise and I found it really helpful in groups that I lead to think about where are the areas that you actually have breakdowns? Who are the people that you tend to get triggered by? What are you going to do to take care of yourself when that is happening? So I have, I have a few strategies that I have found really helpful. Um, This is a great formula to use in many different situations, but you can use it especially during the holiday season. When blank happens, or I'm anticipating it's going to happen, or might happen, I will blank. I will do this to take care of myself. So let me give you an example. We were going through a very stressful family situation Uh, probably about 10 years ago. And so how we took care of ourselves is my husband and I planned ahead of time when we were going to leave this family member's home. And so we said, we'll leave. We're going to go at this time. And then we're going to leave right after dessert. And in order to take care of ourselves. And that was a really healthy boundary that we set up for ourselves. And we were both in agreement. And so we were there for a short time. We enjoyed it. We were able to enjoy, be there, and know that we we included people we have to leave after, after dessert. We let everybody know. And then we left. So that is a way when I am feeling resentful. Maybe, maybe if we had stayed longer, I would, have, I would have resented it. Then I am going to plan when I'm going to leave. Or, you know, notice where you are feeling resentful. That's like always a really good dashboard light or a red flag to think about where do I have breakdowns? Where do I get resentful? And then how am I going to take care of myself? So when blank happens, and this might even be 
this is a common one. When my teenager is not happy, I will let go of that. And I will remind myself that I cannot, it's not my job to make my teenager happy at this family gathering. Uh, because that is something that we cannot control. Now, I'm not talking about disrespect and needing to talk to your kid if that's happening, taking them away from everything and, and talking to them. But sometimes we have family gatherings and we are overly focused on how other people are behaving. Our kids, or maybe we're plugged into our husband doesn't have a great relationship with our sister, right? Or something. And we're so focused on that, that it wrecks our time, or it takes a lot of energy away from us having fun, or us thinking about what is going to make it meaningful for us or fun for us. And so I used to do this. I used to do this with my oldest, who is is no longer a teenager. But if she wasn't happy, I let it drag me down. And I was trying to make her happy. I was trying to please her. I was trying to cheerlead her. It doesn't work. It's exhausting and it's not our job. And it does, it's not helpful because teenagers are going to resist that. So just let them be. Let them be. And they will eventually, it's so counterintuitive again. I always caught, talk about how it's counterintuitive, but it is to be able to just let our kids be. A lot of times they come out of that on their own when we're not giving so much negative attention to whatever that is. And so think about what is going to make it fun for you. If you're married, talk to your spouse, partner, or another family member um, beforehand and figure out how you can partner together, how you can, how you can support each other. I know that uh, family members do that when they've got maybe a difficult family member that they have a situation that they're dealing with, that they're just going to support each other in that. Not to overly focus or make that family member bad, but more like, okay, you know, this is going on and what are we going to do to navigate this? Maybe it's your, you know, it's, it's your dad's coming over with his, his new wife, right? And your mom's going to be there and that's going to be stressful. Now, you know, something, something like that. And to think about how are you going to, how are you going to navigate that? Another one that we hear all the time, and it's it's just so cliche, but just reminding ourselves to breathe and be in the moment because during the holidays when there's a lot of chaos going on and there's a lot of different conversations going on and there's a lot of different dynamics going on, our brains can be all over the place. Oh my gosh, I got to take out the turkey and oh, over there, this is going on. And oh my gosh, she's talking to them and oh, there's my kid and they're not helping. And here's right. And here's all this stuff going on. And, and we're just like, Wah! right. We're just totally and completely overwhelmed. So just remembering, bring it into the here and now. I can't tell you, you know, how important this is just here and now, we don't have to worry about the future. We don't have to worry about managing and making everybody happy, but just bringing it back to being present in the moment. And speak up. I'm reading a really good book right now called Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. And I'm, I'm going to invite her on to the podcast because it's so good. And she talks so much about how we often don't speak up. And so if there's a conversation going around that you're uncomfortable with, 
we need to speak up and say, hey, let's change the subject. Let's not talk about that. You know, if something gets brought up, and and I know a lot of people that are having fear around the holidays and the vaccine getting brought up and COVID getting brought up and all those political topics that can cause us lots of disagreement and be so um, so divided, right? It can just cause disconnection. And so when that's happening to say, hey, let's talk about something different. Let's not Let's not focus on that. We don't have to say it in a judgmental way. We can just say, let's talk about something else. Um, Extend some grace towards family members that irritate you. That everybody has a battle going on inside of them. We all do. And if we can extend some grace and some compassion towards that person, that maybe they're doing the best that they can do, then maybe they they are they are critical and how that how upsetting that can be if you have a critical family member, but how sad that is too because their criticism doesn't get them what they truly long for. It it causes this um, this wedge in their relationships. And so having, I'm not saying feel sorry for them, but having some compassion, seeing them through the lens of you know, wow, you know, that, that must cause them in their lives a lot of pain so that we can have some compassion. Get out of the house and take a walk. You know, sometimes we just need to do a state change. And maybe in the morning of Thanksgiving or during, you know, during the holiday season when you're feeling stressed and you've got a lot of family around, just to get out and take a walk. And we also have to resist, if you're a people pleaser, we're the type of people, I'm a recovering people pleaser where I want everybody to get along. I want my kids to get along and I want it to be fun and connecting. And at the same time, it's I have to continually, like I said before, remind myself, it's not my job to make sure everybody is happy. Number two, or number three, rather, create a vision. This is proactive. So I'm talking about what we don't want, right? We don't want all these things. And then and then saying, if this is happening, this is what I'll do to take care of myself. And then also to create a vision. So here are just some simple questions. What's one thing that you can do that's going to make it fun for you? Like, what do you want? We often don't ask that as moms. We're thinking about what everybody else wants. But what would you want? That is such a new question that we're not usually used to asking ourselves. What would would a really good Thanksgiving day look like for you? What would that look like? And then how how do you want to make it meaningful? And I'm going to share a way that can make it really meaningful at the end and give you this gift that I have for you. How can you take care of yourself when you notice you're feeling stressed? What does that look like? And what strategies do you need when you have those, when you can, you're, you're imagining those breakdowns are going to happen. And then how can you shift your focus to being grateful? And I was even doing that this morning. I was saying to my husband, I got so much to do and, you know, work-wise and um, I have a workshop tonight going on and I'm preparing for that and I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I just like broke out gratitude, like, 
thank you. Here I am. I'm walking across to get my coffee. I had a friend that had a terrible accident and she was in bed, could not move, immobilized for six months. And I think, wow, how much do I take for granted that I can walk across the room? She said, you know, I took it so for granted. I could walk and I could make myself a cup of coffee and, you know, all those things. So I was just saying, saying to myself out loud, all the things that I was grateful for. And it really did get me out of my anxiety and get me out of my funk. And so, and I, for me, I say it out loud and it's, it's a state change. We're just one choice away from creating something different from that state change. Um, Number four, ask for help. Who here is just not good at asking for help? I think that it is a real challenge for all of us as moms to ask for help. We ask for help and then, you know, our, our family doesn't do it. Right? And then it's so frustrating because we ask for help and they don't do it. So then we're just like, I'm just going to do it myself because it's just easier than nagging. And one of the ways that I have found, and moms have also used this method, and it's so helpful, use sticky notes. Sticky notes, say, call a family meeting or talk about it at dinner. Hey, everybody, I, I'm noticing, I don't ask for, you know, I, I'm nagging and I don't always ask for help. And when I do ask for help, it's nagging, but we all, you know, I want us all to contribute. And I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to ask for help, but what I'm going to do this Thanksgiving or leading up to Thanksgiving, you can even, this is one of the ways that we have found effective even with chores, is each of you is going to get a different color sticky note. And I am going to stick, what I what I do is I put it on the wall. And so maybe one person's pink, one person's blue. And these are the things that I want you to do. And you can also treat it like who likes to mash the potatoes, who likes to be part of making the pie. And you know what, actually, the Christmas and Thanksgiving are some of the most um, meaningful and fun times for me, because everybody is in the kitchen helping out. And when we write it down, and we don't give those verbal, you know, requests, I have found it to be so much more successful. So I would have somebody vacuum before everybody came. That was usually my husband would do the vacuuming and he would usually wait a half an hour before everybody came, which I just hated, but he got it down. Uh, he, he's much better now, but there was, you know, expect resistance. I think sometimes we just give it up because we get mad that there's some resistance there, but just expect it and still go for yourself and still ask for help. Include your family in cooking with you. Put those sticky notes up with what you want them to do. Let them kind of say what they would like to do. Um, and, you know, just remind yourself that it's worth fighting for in a, in a loving way. Why? Because we are not our best selves when we're resentful. And so I have to remind myself, would I, would I rather kind of rally the troops and then come on everybody, you know, let's put on some music, let's help out here. Um, This is what I, I want. I want us to all help out and rally the troops because resentment 
is going to, it, it leaks out onto our family when we're feeling resentful. And this is going to look different for you. So if one way that you approach it doesn't work, don't give up on it. I find that that's one thing that we do. It's like, it's not working. We get discouraged and then we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't need to do that. Just try different things and see what works for your family. And one of the things that I also find helpful, this is just another idea, is make a list of everything that needs to get done and then have each family member pick two things off the list. And then you can write it on a sticky note. And then once they're done with it, they can throw their sticky note in the garbage. Um, When you notice, this is another one, that you're feeling resentful, ask yourself what you need. What do I need right now? I'm feeling resentful. Do I need to ask for something? Sometimes you know what I need to ask for. I need a hug. I'm, I'm just maybe feeling a little stressed and overwhelmed. And I just asked my husband, you know what? I've realized I just need a hug. Can I have a hug? For me, that means so much. It can be that simple. Can you get me a glass of water? You know, thinking about how can you ask for one thing a day even leading up, you know, how can we start practicing asking for things? Um, Remind yourself that others do really like being needed. Now, I know you're going to be, I can hear your thoughts in your head. No, no, my kid doesn't really like to help out. But being needed, it really, you know, that's why chores contribution is so helpful because it makes our kids feel part of the family. It makes them feel part of something bigger than themselves. And we do them a real disservice when we don't help them to feel a part of the family and when we don't fight through that resistance and just understand it will be there. They are going to complain, but you can say, I get it. I know. I know you don't want to do this. And thank you so much because I need help. I need help. I don't, I don't like doing the dishes either, <laughs> you know? And then even that's validating them and they're okay. And they usually do it, right? Number four, make time for gratitude. This is where I, I love it because I made you, some of you already got it. I made you these. And these are Thanksgiving gratitude prompts with a journal, okay? So I'm going to tell you how to get these and what you want to do, I'll share the link with you, is you want to go to Mott's University. It's M-O-T-T-S university.com slash forward slash 20. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Let me just tell you this. (laughs) That is wrong. Um, But just go to Mott's University, okay? And M-O-T-T-S University, and you are going to, I guess you could do forward slash gratitude printables, but when you get to that page, you can actually scroll down and you will see them and they're free. And what I love about this is you can use it so many different ways. And I want to see here, I have in my, I wrote down what one of the moms said last week. She said, we are loving your gratitude questions. We are writing on a pumpkin and loving the conversations. It is starting to make our Thanksgiving centerpiece. I love that 
So you can use these and there's really good questions in here to just get you thinking because I don't think gratitude always comes real easy to us. And these are great conversation starters you can use. So something you are grateful for that you can see. Someone in your past you're grateful for, a teacher, coach, or mentor. Something funny you're grateful for that makes you laugh. Something you like to listen to. Um, someone who has made a positive difference in your life. A hidden blessing in a difficult situation. So your kids can pick it. And there's a couple of different ways I want to share for, with you. Here's a grant. This is like a little journal that I made. And you can also at dinner time, if that, if you, if you, some of us were so busy, we don't always sit down at dinner, but you can just have people write down what they're grateful for. You could just use this on Thanksgiving. You can start now. Um, you can do, I love the creating a centerpiece. I just came across this great idea of a gratitude tree where you can go out, you can get some branches and you put some dirt and some rocks and you put the branch in, and then you um, you can cut out little leaves, and you can hang those on the tree, and it makes this wonderful gratitude tree. That's a really cool idea, and you can set the markers and the little leaves in a jar, and have everybody add something one you know once a day. Another uh, way that you can do it is you have a gratitude jar, so everybody can just put it in the jar, and you can read it on Thanksgiving. You can also use it on Thanksgiving, like I said, and, and have it on little slips of paper. And then you can put it in a jar and then you can take it out and you can guess whose it is. So make it into a, a little game. You can also use it with your kids. And so in the printables, I have affirmations that you can specifically use with your kids. So you can start putting it up on their mirror. It's kind of like the ones that we use for Valentine's Day, um, where you, you we start February 1st and you put a gratitude, like, and I give prompts with that too. Like, I love how much effort you're putting into this um, blank. There's lots of blanks in there. Um, I love your smile. I'm so happy that you're part of this family. So there's lots of really good prompts that you can use specifically with your family. And so you can use those as well to just share, go around the table and share one thing that you're grateful for, for each member of the family. Um, this is a good one too. What is something beautiful that you're thankful for? Or what goals have you achieved that you are thankful for? What I like about this is maybe your kid's struggling right now. And maybe even as you're listening to this, you're feeling a little discouraged because you're like, I don't know that my kid's going to do this. They're kind of resistant to doing this. Or if I'm really 100% honest with you, Cheryl, I'm, I'm struggling to find something positive about my kid right now um, because I am so upset with what they're, that they're being defiant or they're not doing their work that they're supposed to do. They're not turning in their assignments. And what this does is it, the, the gratitude affirmations, it forces us to look past that and to look at our kids and what is really special about them. 
And Michelle Borba, who I interviewed on the podcast, if you haven't listened to that, it's so good. She wrote a book called Thrivers, and she talks about what's the number one thing that parents do to support their kids to help them to thrive. You know what it is? They focus on their strengths instead of their weaknesses. They focus on their strengths to compensate for their weaknesses. And she said, when parents do that, their confidence level goes up, they get excited, they start doing better in school. But see, we tend to focus on uh, more on the negative stuff versus all the things that are really special and, and unique about our kids, each one of our kids. So we want to train our brains to look at those positive things and not feed so much of the negative. Now, I also think mental health is so important right now. So tapping in to what might be going on with my kid and what might they need and how can I listen more? How can I just dial in and listen more? And know that I will tell you after having kids that have struggled with different things, right now what you're going through, I think about how my oldest is 31 and I focus so much on her grades and nagging and lecturing when she was in high school. None of that matters right now. She's rocking it at what she does. She is so good at what she does. And she is amazing using her gifts and her strengths. And so I look at like, man, that was a waste of time, waste of energy. And really during that time hurt our relationship where she really didn't feel like she could talk to me. And so that's, that is really how I started doing Moms of Tweens and Teens through learning through my own mistakes and getting that support and that help to change things up and turn the Titanic around. So just a little bit of support there for you. So those are some ideas for you for Thanksgiving. So be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself. Don't expect so much out of yourself. Really what matters is being together, right? Savoring it. It's not how good the cranberry sauce is or the stuffing, right? So the stuffing's a little dry. That's not what our kids are going to remember. That's not what our family is going to remember. So let's really try to be present, to be with, to focus on those things that we're grateful for. I just want you to know how grateful I am for you. I'm so thankful that you're here, that you listen, that you show up. It speaks volumes to the kind of mom, the kind of dad you are, um, that you want to be a good parent, that you are open to showing up, to learning, to growing, to being the best that you can be for your kids and for yourself. And so I wish you such a blessed Thanksgiving. I know not all of you are in the U.S., but I hope that you will have a great week as well. And I will see you back here next week. Looking so forward to that and being with you. So thank you so much for joining me and being here.